Hello and welcome back to another episode of Henry Weston's Old Mate, the podcast. And before I go any further, I should introduce this episode as an introduction to a new Facebook group that I have recently joined, um, Greenkeepers Mental Health Support Group. This episode is based as an introduction to myself, who I am, what I've been trying to do with this podcast over the last couple of years or so. If you are a regular listener to Henry Weston's Old Mate, the podcast, I apologize because you will most likely hear a lot of content that you are familiar with. Um, I will try and make it as interesting, dare I say, and varied as possible. But this is a reaching out to the 790 members within the group, just to let you know who I am what I have been through somewhat uh, and where I am now and um, just reaching out to basically say, you know, there's plenty of us who have been through some really, really rough times. Um, They do get better. Obviously they do get better as they get worse, you know, ebbs and flows, peaks and troughs, if you will. But, but that's it. Um, As always, if you're listening to us on Apple podcasts or anything like that, Please just subscribe to the show and share us around. You know, this podcast doesn't generate an income. So this isn't a promotional pod as such. It's promotional in the way that we're trying to help people, but we don't try and generate any kind of financial revenue from this podcast. Um, But if you enjoy what you're listening to, please, please, please share us about, give us a five-star review and leave us a written review if if you wouldn't, wouldn't mind through your podcast provider. I used to do YouTube videos. I don't really anymore. Um, there you go. So yes, I am Stuart. Uh, I am a recovering alcoholic. I am over five and a half years sober now. I last had a drink on the 17th of December, 2017. Uh, on that day, I ended up in hospital due to my, uh, addiction, if you will. Uh, I was alcohol dependent. Uh, I was medicated for a period of a week and actually was released from hospital uh, on Christmas Eve of that year. Uh, I was, sectioned isn't the right word, but I I signed myself over to the care of the NHS for a period of a week. That's how bad my physical and mental state was back then. Um, My story is available through a 16 podcast, 16 episode series. If you, if you subscribe to the channel or, or, or the podcast on Apple, for example, if you scroll all the way down, a lot of the early podcasts go through my story. So I'll I'll try not to go over that too much, but I I am a recovering alcoholic. Uh, I will always be an alcoholic and I have suffered uh, some quite debilitating periods of very low mental health Um, diagnosed, if you will, as anxiety. Uh, I always suggest that a lot of it was alcohol induced anxiety, you know, um, at my worst was certainly during my active period of active addiction towards the end or 2016 into 2017, when my drinking really became a problem and started to affect my ability to be a employee, a husband, a friend, a son, a, a brother, etc. cetera. Um, that is where my, my mental health was at its lowest. And, and to be honest, it was before I admitted to my addiction it was something I used to mask my addiction, you know, for when I wasn't able to go to work for, for periods of time, it, it was m- more probably to do with my 
my alcoholism, but but hand in hand, the alcoholism was leading to my my appalling state, my mental health. Uh, yeah, like I say, di- diagnosed as anxiety, not depression. Um, I'm not educated enough or I haven't researched enough to be able to suggest what the difference is between the two. Uh, I know that in my worst states, I was certainly in a very depressed mood, whether that means I was suffering from depression or not. I don't know. I know I, I had certainly long periods where um, I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't get off the sofa. If I made it out of bed, I certainly couldn't make it off the sofa. I couldn't make it out of the house. Um, I was handcuffed to a bottle of vodka for, for long periods of, of those sort of 18 months I've described 16 into 17 uh, probably the latter half of 2017 I was really unable to fill, fulfill my role as a senior assistant greenkeeper at quite a prominent golf club on the south coast of Kent um, I won't mention names or previous employers on this podcast anyone who wishes to know that it can troll through my socials. Uh, it's I, I'm not hiding it. Uh, it's just not for me to probably discuss who I work for and with uh, in previous months, but anyone within the greenkeeping industry, it wouldn't take you long to do five minutes of research to work out the companies I have worked for and the people I worked under uh, during those periods of my life. So yeah, I am not unique in any way that I am an alcoholic and I'm also a greenkeeper. It's slightly unique for for this episode and the the group that I'm introducing myself, again, Greenkeepers Mental Health Support Group, which I've been a member of for, I think, 10 days to two weeks now. I I haven't interacted within the chat. Um, I've read with interest a lot of the posts. And again, uh, I kind of possibly fit well into this group if that's something you'd want to say because i am a greenkeeper i'm a a working head greenkeeper now still on the south coast of kent uh who has suffered addiction and mental health issues for a lot of his life again i won't go over it too much that content is available if you want to go back and listen um so yes uh i'm a greenkeeper who suffers badly with mental health in in his life in his past life and and to be honest, as we all do, not day to day, not necessarily week to week, but there are periods when I'm just not quite right. Uh, and I'm probably going to say something a little bit controversial earlier in the episode because I see it mentioned in, in a lot of groups and within this group. And it is OK to not be OK, but I personally really don't like that saying because I still don't think it is OK to not be OK within our industry. It's all very well saying it, and I believe in the saying that we should all be able to have bad days and be open about the bad days and weeks and months and years and however long it may be. But I still believe that within the world and certainly with our industry, it's all too easy to say it's okay to not be okay. But the people above us, I I still don't think buy into it. it's a say. It's not a saying I disagree with. It's just a saying that I don't think is quite there yet, and certainly not within greenkeeping. I think it's fair to say that we are still a male-dominated group. Um, n- not trying to alienate females within the greenkeeping industry. There are more women within the industry 
doing wonderful things and hopefully going forward those numbers will increase but in my experience i certainly know locally to me there is a very very low number of female greenkeepers so i think it is fair to say that it's a male dominated environment and from my point of view male dominated work environments can be very tough rough involve a lot of suck it up attitude um it's frowned upon to take time away from work it's frowned upon to be seen to be weak it's frowned upon to seem to be not okay um and i think that needs to change i personally don't believe bigger are doing as much as people say they are i watched um a short twitter video i read an article actually that said bigger were at the forefront of leading the change i personally think that's a load of old shit um nothing against bigger too much but they're not doing as much as they can and i certainly know from personal experience uh, the amount of emails i have sent offering to try and lend my experience if you will uh offering some content that i have recorded with reasonably prominent people within the industry and outside of the industry uh i've emailed multiple bigger email addresses i've emailed multiple people on facebook who work for bigger uh, and i haven't had any even so much as one reply uh you know potentially if you pick fights with the wrong people in the past within greenkeeping and then they go on to play a prominent role as active greenkeepers within bigger than perhaps you get blackballed i don't know the answer to that i just know that none of my emails have have wanted a response as yet but there you go um so it's been really good reading some of the posts within the group and obviously i i'm, I'm not going to read any here i'm not going to refer to any but we know our industry is tough. Uh, we're going through a period now where it's wetter than expected. This time last year when I, I, I started my my new role, um, I, I'm looking back at my records, I think the temperature this week on the south coast of Kent last year was 36 degrees or something crazy. I, I had a falter, fault, faltering irrigation system uh, and inherited... A bit of a shit fight, but but I knew what I was getting myself into. But but yeah, greenkeepers a year ago were struggling to keep their grass alive, if you will. And, and this year, some people I see on Twitter in certain parts of the country are struggling to keep their courses open because of waterlogged playing surfaces. So it's an industry that it's, you know, we're either too hot or we're either too cold or we're either too wet or we're either too busy or we're either too quiet, we're either too busy to protect our playing surfaces, we're too quiet to generous, generate enough revenue to then reinvest that revenue into feed and seed programs. The, the, the life of a head greenkeeper, deputy, assistant is stressful. You know, we go through, you know, we know going into January, February, March that we're going to be freezing our knackers off. Um, uh, we know probably in July and August we're going to be praying for rain. Uh, we know those above us are going to be suggesting that 
you know, purse strings need to be tightened. The cost of fuel has gone up. All right, it might it may be leveling off, and we may be experiencing slightly lower prices at the fuel pumps. But generally, if we, I think if we look at what we were paying for fuel two to three years ago, we're now paying more. I, I know from personal experience, the cost of sand and seed and fertilizer is going up. You know, my we use a, a mobile mechanic service. We don't have a full time mechanic, but um everything that they're purchasing for me, bottom blades, you know, belts, the cost of this is, is, is all going up. And and that has to be passed on to, to me and the golf club. If, if my mechanic wants to continue to, to make money, to pay his staff, he has to pass a certain amount of costs on to me. Um, we as, as a golf club have to pass a certain amount of costs back down to our members and visitors, which is hard. And again, stressful and hard to negotiate how do you how do i how do we explain to a, a member who is parting with the best part of a thousand pounds a year to play golf that we now need him to part with another 200 pounds a year just for me to be able to for me for us to be able to produce the same quality playing services you know for that money the member said member may not notice a particular increase in anything or, or an increase in the standard uh i've i've i my budget starts on the first of november i don't know why it just does but so i'm currently in the period of going through next year's budgets and the reality is that to be able to afford everything that we bought and paid for last year we probably need to up the budget by 12 to 15 percent to, to tread water um uh, it's hard because uh, if we don't increase the budget by, let's say, 15%, then I'll be able to afford less seed, less fertilizer, less top dressing sand, less bunker sand last year. And it's fairly basic. It, it's quite simple. The people I, I tell this, they understand it. But then how do we pass it on to the members without much of a backlash? It's hard. Uh, and again, if you are inclined for these things to get on top of you it's very easy to see why people in senior positions within the greenkeeping industry are struggling and it's very easy to see why people are leaving at a very fast rate and entering other industries so yeah a little bit more about me and for those who are regular listeners again i apologize i have been a greenkeeper since 1998 i joined my local club i grew up in a little town called deal on the south coast not far from the port of dover so deal sits in between dover and sandwich um i didn't want to be a greenkeeper at school i didn't you know i was a very average golfer who enjoyed playing the local par three course i didn't i, I wouldn't have I, I wasn't a golfer i played a lot of cricket and football as a younger person i played golf when my mates were, uh, I ended up messing up my A-levels, if you will. Uh, I wanted to finish school and become a PE teacher. Uh, I discovered alcohol at a fairly normal age, um, probably at the wrong time for me because it certainly affected my, my A-level results. Um, I ended up walking away from school with very promising GCSE grades and pretty appalling A-level grades. So my place at a university around Hertfordshire was deferred for 
one year i was given the option or or the option was by ucas if i wanted to do a foundation year i might then be able to get on the course i wanted to do to become a PE teacher uh while i was working out what i wanted to do in that period of my life i took a job at my local golf club through a friend of a friend a friend of my mum knew the wife of the deputy head greenkeeper at the local golf course and they needed somebody uh, through the winter months they they were coastal links they needed somebody to help basically lug revetting turf around while they carried out their winter work program. Uh, that person happened to be me in uh, October, November 98. And here we are in uh, August 2023. And I am still working within the golf industry, uh, within the greenkeeping and within the turf industry. I took three years out. I actually went back to university. I was working uh, a growing project out in the Czech Republic, uh, in deepest, darkest pine forest in the Czech Republic. Um, that contract came to an end. Um, company I worked for lost another contract uh, and some staff from that contract needed work. I'd only been with the company for a year uh, and I was moved on, uh, sacked, if you will. Uh, I was told that my position in the Czech Republic was wasn't there anymore somebody would re be replacing me so i returned to the uk after a very promising 18 months or so out there very enjoyable really good learned a lot and um, returned to the uk and really struggled to find something within turf i had gone to the czech republic as a deputy head greenkeeper having messed up my first role as deputy head greenkeeper at a, at a golf club in essex uh, not the best part of my career, let's be honest, uh, but, but the Czech Republic was very good. And I returned to the UK as a 27, nearly 28 year old deputy head greenkeeper who then struggled to find a job in the southeast of England. So uh, I, I had been fortunate that I had come into some inheritance recently my grandmother had passed away in, in the year of 2007 and left me a reasonable amount of money I used some of that money to go and study to be the PE teacher I'd always wanted to be or I'd always thought I'd wanted to be uh I didn't become a PE teacher I, I finished my degree I, I ended up with a 2-2 from Wolverhampton University Physical Education uh, and never stepped foot in the classroom I returned to greenkeeping on the south coast of Kent uh, and I am still a greenkeeper now I have worked my way back up if you will uh senior assistant at a prominent links course on the south coast somewhere around sandwich um and now i work as head greenkeeper at my current golf club which i i don't mind mentioning westgate and burton golf club and um, we are a fairly small par 64 we have an 18 hole par 64 so we have eight par threes no par fives uh very small staff of three full-time greenkeepers and two part-timers. So we have three guys who work a full week and then I have two guys who work 24 hours. So if you like, I get three, three full-time guys, including myself. So that's three, one, two, three, I'm the third. And then I have 48 hours spread across two other employees. Um, we're a fairly small site um, just to get, you know, to give some context, if you will, uh, if we get ahead of golf, we can cut fairways in five hours. So that's quite good. If we get, ahead, if we stay ahead of golf, we can cut greens in 
two and a half to three hours, depending on the amount of bloody worm casts around. Uh, you know, I can we can spray greens in two hours. So we are a small site. We've got 0.7, nearly 0.8 of a hectare of greens and probably similar amount of teas. You know, we are single teas. We, you know, we're 18 greens and 18 teas. So as far as wear and tear goes, you can imagine some of the smaller teas. You know, we have a couple of teas that, a couple of holes that have multiple teas, but not many, if I'm honest. Uh, um, sort of membership of 400 or 400 golfers, 350 men, roughly 50 women. So a very active 400. Uh, I, I probably see majority of those 400 people daily starting from seven o'clock. Uh, it's good, but it's busy. Uh, foot traffic across small golf greens can be stressful. Uh, so that's that's where I am. Uh, that is me. Um, like I say, I'm not trying to promote this podcast for any sort of financial gain because that's this this podcast doesn't generate any money. It won't ever generate any money because uh, I haven't got the time to to get enough content out or to get even if the even if the amount of listeners increased from the fifty odd that I get per episode, even if it went to 10 times that amount we you know it would still only be enough to generate pence um so this 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 podcast so if if it feels like i'm pushing this podcast it's not for financial gain it's purely to try and help this you know this episode is 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 going out to the greenkeepers predominantly within within the group that i've joined you know greenkeepers mental health support group uh you can find me on facebook you know, you, you will see you will have access to my Facebook account because I will post the link to this within the group. Um, so my content is, it started off as alcohol recovery, mental health. I've hosted a lot of episodes with a very good friend of mine, Phil Walton. If you go back and listen to episodes, you will hear Phil leading a lot of the episodes, probably acting as host and me as co-host. Um, it then morphed somewhat into a bit of a greenkeeping podcast as well, because I am a greenkeeper um, and I have access to a few, you know, via social media and friends within the industry. Uh, I, I know a few people and they've been very sporting and happy to, to come on and share their thoughts on some issues within the industry. And, and we try our best when we, put these episodes out we try not to moan and groan too much and we're not going coming on here to bash how how the industry is too much you know the the, the truth of the matter is like with a lot of industries there are a lot of issues and there's only so positive you can be about a lot of negatives but we're not we don't try to bash individuals um if you know if we do bash certain organizations within this then i stand by a lot of the things i say but i'm also welcome to the feedback the backlash the trolling if you will uh, i have received a fair few messages suggesting that my opinions are wrong that i'm looking at things from coming at things from potentially the wrong angle i i'm not going to disagree with that we're all entitled to an opinion and when i put a green king podcast out or by myself or with a guest i always try and caveat the episode at the start by saying that because I do certain things the way I do it, the way I do my verticutting, the way I do my aeration work, the way I do my feed seed work, 
that's just the way I do it. And if you guys do it totally different and get germination and get wonderfully smooth, consistent playing surfaces, then that is correct for you. And the way I do it hopefully is correct for me. And if it's not, then I will learn from that. If it comes across that I'm ever suggesting that people are doing things, or if if I ever appear to be saying you're doing it wrong by doing it differently, then I apologize for that. And that is not how it is meant to sound. Like I said, I try not, I'm trying not to preach to anyone with this introduction. Uh, if you would ever like to come on this podcast again, please reach out to me, but I am not touting for business here and I would never expect anyone to come on. But if you have a voice or you have a strong opinion or a mild opinion on anything, but you feel that you might like to come on and discuss it, drop me. You can find me at Twitter or at X, whatever it's called nowadays. I'm just at Stu Butts, all lowercase. Um, you'll find that the handle is HWOM, standing for Henry Weston's old mate, the podcast, but it's at Stu Butts is my Twitter handle. And I probably should have said Henry Weston's old mate for the title of the podcast. Henry Weston's The Cider was my drink of choice uh, in the past. So it's Henry Weston's old mate. Henry Weston's Cider was my old mate, hence the name of the podcast. It kind of stuck uh, and it's nearly, is it two years? Is this year two? I can't, I don't know how old the podcast is, but um, it stuck. And I think it would be probably not beneficial to, to change the name of, of the podcast now because we've got a, a small following. So, so that's, that's the Henry Weston's aspect. Um, yeah. Um, anything more that I can say? Why, why am I, why am I, why do I record content? Why do I put content out there? And it's a bit cliche, but when I first started, it, it really was the, with the belief that if if I could put an episode out, my first ever episode on this podcast was with a, a good friend of mine, a pub publican, owner of a pub, landlord, if you will, successful businessman, John Brown, who had decided he was going to stop drinking alcohol. Um, and he was kind enough to come on and be the first guest on my, my podcast. Uh, and the podcast has gone on to discuss many things my addiction other people's stories of addiction a lot of things within the greenkeeping industry i've put some fun cricket podcasts out i do the occasional golf podcast with a good friend of mine sam killip we we just have a chat that started off with discussing live golf really uh i vary in content but ho i try to i try to get as much addiction recovery content it's been lack of, there's there's been almost none in the last six months, it might even be longer than six months. Uh, I, I try and I will try and get a bit more out there, but um, I know from personal experience um, within you know this industry, uh, when I was when I was struggling, um, I was looked after reasonably well for a period of time, uh, and then I was managed appallingly badly for a period of time. Uh, some of the biggest organizations in golf didn't look after myself and others during one of the most prominent golf tournaments you could ever imagine. Circumstances were quite difficult. We'd just come out of COVID restrictions uh, and the world was upside down on its ass, I'll be honest, but um, 
and it's not just me. Uh, this isn't a story of woe for Stuart, but I wasn't looked after. We weren't looked after. Um, no one will ever be held account to that. Um, and we kind of have to just, I'll never forget that it didn't happen. And a few other people who were involved for the period of time building up to that and the week of that uh, said event would, would probably attest to how appallingly piss poor things were done then. Uh, and, you know, over the years I have been managed well, managed not so well and managed really, really badly. And I'll put my hands up to say I was not an easy member of staff to to manage. I used to go out of my way to be awkward, uh, as so a lot of people do. It's not an excuse. Um, but I have experienced the good side, but a lot of the bad side of being mismanaged within this industry. Uh, I, as a manager myself for the past year, I try daily to be the manager and the person I hoped would have been managing me in the past. I don't succeed at that every day. And some days I, I probably let myself down and my team down, but I'd like to think in the majority I'm working towards being a understanding head greenkeeper for the mental health, physical health, general well-being of my staff. Um, it's tough. It's hard. Uh, trying to find enough time in the working day to manage a golf course and manage people's physical workload and their mental workload. It's it's tough, and I only have to do that for four individuals who work with me um, on top of admin and on top of being, you know, I, don't ha I, I am a working head greenkeeper, if you will, I'm not out there every day shoveling the sand around when the wind blows, but I, I have to take a certain amount of the mowing responsibilities. I have to take a, take a certain amount of the physical responsibilities because, because staff numbers don't allow me to be an office based head greenkeeper, if you will. So a lot of my admin is done away from the working week, which again, people will be listening to this. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not expecting people to feel sorry for me i chose to take up the role and we all you know probably not a head greenkeeper in the country who, who does a 40 hour week i try and keep close to it i make a point of it um it doesn't always happen um there you go and then you have that worry that when you're not on site are people expecting you to be on site and again if you're inclined to worry about certain things it can it can keep the head whizzing and whirring um there you go that's me guys i'm Stuart stew to many um i've been a greenkeeper on and off for over 20 years more on than off uh i've experienced the highs and the lows of this industry uh i am here offering support i i always i'm always wary about suggesting i can offer help because i am like i say i'm a i, I am an alcoholic in recovery for a reasonably short period of time uh, who has suffered with mental health problems. I have in no way trained to help people. I can offer advice and I could offer advice would be offered on what has been successful for me in getting to a point in my life where I am sober and I am happy. And again, I, I've released pods in recent times 
you know, not, I wasn't brave enough to call it the search for happiness, but, but happiness was something that I had to find after sobriety. And again, I, you can go back and listen to that recent episode, but, um, I live a, a happy, content, sober life now. Um, I touch wood that I will never pick up a drink again, but I don't guarantee it. And I certainly don't guarantee that my mental health will be, will be good and well all the time. Uh, and if, if you reached out to me, having listened to this episode, I would be more than happy to offer advice on things that have worked for me, but I wouldn't suggest that they work for everyone. And I would no way say that my advice guarantees success, guarantees happiness, because that is not my place. Um, I don't know. that. I only know what's worked for me. And in recent years, my recovery has been based on sobriety primarily but then physical exercise i do a lot of running um running uh, i i move in a jogging fashion at a reasonably slow rate but it does wonderful things for my mental health um so yeah there you go that's me if you've listened to this to all the way to now thank you um if you think i've been waffling shit for the last half an hour or so i apologize uh if you think it's been beneficial thank you if you want to reach out please uh just friend request me on facebook and we can discuss things find me on twitter i i have an instagram account but i don't really use it uh the podcast has a gmail but it got compromised so the best way to reach me is via facebook and then hit me up on messenger and we can exchange a mobile number and and converse via whatsapp or over the phone if you'd like like i say always looking for guests um if you want to come on uh there's plenty of things that a lot of us would probably like to discuss you know industry related topics mental health related topics but if you want to have a chat if you if you think you're drinking too much again i'm happy to i would have a chat with anyone but uh, i am not a registered therapist i'm not clinically medically trained in any way whatsoever uh, i could offer advice on potentially how to get sober or reduce your alcohol intake but i wouldn't i wouldn't be able to offer a program uh, my my first advice or my first small bit of advice would always always go and see your gp and reach out to those closest to you with friends family partners you know wives uh or you know your, your boyfriend your girlfriend however you live your life you know your your mom your dad your your brother your sister those are the closest friends reach out to those and be honest with them if you're drinking 30 pints of lager a week and it's concerning you reach out to a friend and tell him you're drinking 30 pints of lager and it's not doing you any good don't tell him you're drinking 10 pints of lager if you're drinking 30 be as honest as you can because you only really in my experience it works best you only really get one chance to be fully honest if you're not honest to start with and then it turns out that you haven't quite been telling the truth when you've had the opportunity then i think the the trusting relationship that you may form 
with those closest to you once you decide to be open and honest about things is somewhat tainted. Uh, addiction, to be open and honest about addiction and mental health is probably the hardest thing in the world. I've done a few reasonably hard things in my life uh, and getting and staying sober is by far the hardest. Um, achieving a sound state of mental health is 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 something i struggle with at so at, at a little most weeks uh, i have a 7 year old daughter uh, i am i am married happily married my wife very fortunately for me stuck with me through my dark times and we are together still um but you know i i like all have everything that comes with married life life in general work life and having a young family places a lot of strain on on a lot of us um so there are points most weeks when i'm i'm probably struggling with my mental health i have some tools i have a lot of tools now that allow me to deal with this mostly in a positive manner and normally sort of redress that potentially negative balance at some point quite quickly it might take me a day or two it might take me a week uh, i'm i'm pretty good now at letting my wife or my mum you know my uh, my mum is a, is a reasonably strong confidant of mine uh, as a lot of mums do they tend to know you know when when we are struggling uh, my mum lives locally so i you know i spend a lot of time conversing with her we we lost our our dad my mum's husband uh, late last year so um I try to, to do that, but I, I, I'm probably going off topic here. Guys, I'm Stuart. You can reach out to me. Uh, you know, turf, mental health, addiction, sobriety, if you'd like to. But this is just an introduction to me, and I've probably gone on a bit longer than I planned. Uh, and again, for those who are just listening because you listen to Henry Weston's, sorry that this hasn't quite been on, on topic, but, but I'm going to release it as a standard podcast because I don't want to put it behind a password protection. And it, to be honest, it's quite hard to, to just make it available for a short number, small number of people. So I'm going to release this. Uh, thank you for listening. Like rate review, but, but more than anything, reach out, not necessarily to me, but if you are struggling with your mental health and you are a greenkeeper, this episode isn't for you, but it is in a sense, uh, and I've been through a bit and I understand somewhat of what you might be going through. I might be able to help. I might be able to point you in the direction, but um, thanks for listening guys. Uh, and good luck to all the green keepers out there. Cheers.